Hello, beautiful people out there in the world. It is a cold November Tuesday. I am sitting here about a week removed from baseball season thinking about the Mets and Steve Cohen. And I went and found the only Dodger fan I know to talk about the Dodgers finally winning a World Series for the first time since 1988. But before we get to that, business, subscribe, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, anywhere you can find a podcast, this audio is going to be. Leave a review. Leave a description in your review. Don't just leave stars. Tell me if I'm an idiot. If you think I'm wrong, tell me in the reviews. If you think I'm wrong, reply in the tweet that this video is going to get posted and that I'm wrong about my opinion. Now that we've covered business, the Dodgers, a story-proud franchise that has built some pretty good teams over the last several years, finally, finally won themselves a World Series in one of the weirdest baseball seasons, maybe ever, short of one that took place during World War II when they were like 17-year-olds on every team. It doesn't get much weirder than a 60-game season with no one in the crowd till the NLCS on the World Series. I bring on, for this episode, a very special guest. The only Dodger fan I know that isn't Vin Scully. I don't know Vin Scully. Dave Roberts. And that's Casey, how are we doing today, friend? We're doing well. We're doing well. I'm still on uh, cloud nine from that uh, World Series win. It's been a long journey, but finally got there. I've got to ask how someone who grew up in the Northeast ended up a Dodger fan before we get into the actual flow of the conversation. Yeah, that's always the first question I get. I got a lot of weird teams. I'm also a Detroit Lions fan, so that's a whole nother uh, road, but my dad grew up as a Dodgers fan. I also don't know how that happened. He grew up in the Northeast with me. He just, uh, I think it had something to do with the fact that, you know, with them being in Brooklyn um, and starting starting their uh, journey there and then heading over to L.A. So he just likes the Dodgers, never been a Yankees or Mets guy, and that's kind of how he raised me. Okay. that That's kind of what I figured. I assume there was a family tie to the Brooklyn Dodgers because the few Dodger fans I know of from the area – that are are all in their 60s and 70s because they grew up with the Dodgers still being here and it would be a lot easier to have you on than one of my grandpa's friends in their 70s because if I tried explaining to them what Zoom was I'd probably end up getting talked to about how the virus was fake but yep (laughs) now about a week removed does it still feel real no not at all um it it doesn't feel real. I don't, I don't know how to describe the feeling because to put it out there, this is also the first time I've ever seen one of my teams win a championship. So that alone is crazy, but no, it doesn't feel real. Just like anything and everything this year doesn't feel real. Um, I mean, the excitement I felt, you know, at that final out, it, it was just pure elation. Um, and I'm still feeling that. But when I look at like all the, the posts on Instagram or the tweets, like Dodgers are World Series champions, Clayton Kershaw has a ring, like I'm like, that's actual real life. So it, it doesn't feel real. I don't think it will feel real for a while. Um, but I don't I don't think it's any less real because it was a COVID season. 
Oh, absolutely not. Winning the World Series this year it was hard enough just because baseball was so weird this year. And, I mean, the Dodgers, they played the NL West, AL West. I mean, a little lighter, but they were making the playoffs even with a difficult regular season schedule. So, I, I like you said, the short season, the modified schedule, it, it shouldn't take away from how the Dodgers are remembered because they went through a pretty tough gauntlet of teams to get to the World Series. That Braves team yep. that they beat in the NLCS was very good. That Braves team yeah. is going to make deep playoff runs going forward. And realistically, that was a very good NLCS. And just to get to the World Series, we've all gotten caught up in the perception of that losing the World Series is a failure. But just to make the World Series is very difficult. And the Dodgers making it, what, three times in four years? That's three very times, hard to yeah. do. That's exactly. very hard to do. Exactly. Um, no, it's, it's incredibly difficult. Yeah, no, I was going to say it's incredibly difficult. And like you said, like they still had a difficult path this year. I mean, they, they still prove their dominance. They, I think, I believe they only lost one series throughout the 60 games to the Rockies. Like that's, that alone is, is crazy. And the, the longer playoffs with the extra games, you know, for that, like, you know, and the, you know, the days, uh, the games being multiple days in a row, like, yeah, it was a different set of challenges, but yeah, three, three world series in, I don't even know how many is four world series, whatever it was like just getting there is difficult. And I think, you know, losing sucks, but they learned from every single loss. And I think that's a big reason as to why that they're, they're where they're at now. Yeah. That's a pretty common thread trend across all of sports is the young team kind of has to make the deep playoff run once or twice and lose before they can actually win a championship. It's very common regardless of sport. It's a little different in basketball because the way teams fluctuate, but in football, you see that a lot. In baseball, you see that a lot. In hockey, you see that a lot. It makes sense that eventually one of these times the Dodgers would break through. They just had too much talent to not eventually break through. And then they went and overkilled it and went and got one of the five best players in baseball in the offseason to the team that made the World Series two years ago. I mean, when you can add a Mookie Betts to your team, that's already very good. That, that's a luxury not a lot of teams have. So mm-hmm. I came into this year telling all of my friends, if the Dodgers don't win this year, they're never winning this year. In the baseball pool, me and my friends did, we did an Excel spreadsheet before the season just, for, just to see who had the right guesses coming into the year. Everyone had a Yankee Dodger World Series. Everyone was wrong on one half, and most of us were wrong picking the Yankees to win the World Series. We all thought the Dodgers would be here, but it's good to see that they finally got here. And speaking of the last few years, of the World Series they lost, which one was it the Astros asterisk one or losing to just Nathan Avaldi and the Red Sox? Which one kind of lingers more in your so, mind? I got to say the Astros. I mean, that yeah. one just hurt because they played so well that series. That series won seven games. They had multiple games where they went extra innings. Like they had that pretty much like home run derby of a game like that. That one hurts just because I know they didn't lose fairly. Like, you know, 2018 uh, when they lost to the Red Sox, that was a fair loss. When they lost to the Cubs in the NLCS 2016, fair, you know, but the, the 2017, that one, that one just hurt because I know it wasn't justified. Um, would they have won if the Astros weren't cheating? Who knows? Would they have even been playing the Astros? Who knows? I, I don't know, but that's the thing. We'll never know. Um, and I think that 
that that one was the toughest and I think that one lingers for me most but at the same time I feel like that might have been what lingered for them the most too and kind of gave them some motivation um you know when all that came out and seeing the lack of uh you know repercussions for players you know I think that probably gave a lot of teams the Dodgers specifically included motivation so that one stung a lot it still does but you know we got past it and here we are <laughs> yeah I mean it's it's kind of bizarre to think about in retrospect now knowing what we know about that Astros team which everyone kind of perceived as a very good team that was pretty likable before it came out that they were cheating and that that was just a really good World Series between two good teams. But now knowing what we know, I can understand why that one lingers. The Red Sox one was kind of weird in retrospect where the Red Sox really only had like one and a half starting pitchers in that series. And somehow they still won just outlasting the Dodgers. So transitioning to the next part of the conversation, when we talk about – the Dodgers over the last few years, what are the lingering things that held them back in your opinion, as a fan, what do you think were the things that they didn't have that were different about this year, as opposed to the last few years where they weren't able to get to the world series and win? I would say one of the big things is maturity. So the Dodgers, you know, they have a lot of depth, but that means they have a lot of young guys. Um, So, you know, they were, they would swing at pitches that would be, five feet out offside off the plate like you know they would have terrible at bats you know and I think that was something that held them back and they every time they'd go up to hit they'd be swinging for the fences you know even if there's guys on base you got two outs like you got an opportunity to score a run like swinging for the fences every single time um because they knew that they have the power to to do so but you can't that you can't do that every single time you step up to the plate um, even if you have all-star level guys. So I think maturity was, was a really, really big one, having terrible at-bats. Um, and another thing was the bullpen. Um, you know, we'd have, you know, Kershaw pitch a great game. We've had, we'd have Bueller, whatever, whoever pitch a great game. And, you know, we get blown saves left and right. The downfall of Kenley Jansen, uh, which was kind of redeemed a little bit, not really, you know, in these playoffs, but like the downfall of, of Kenley Jansen, the, the lack of closers, the lack of, of relief guys. I think that was a, a big issue too. Uh, it's still an issue. I mean, it's not perfect, but it got the job done this time. Uh, and the last one I would say is this one. I'm still, I don't know. People, people may come at me. This one is, is managing. Like I, Dave Roberts has made some very, very, very dumb decisions over the years. Um, I feel like he got in, in, you know, to win the, to win this year, I feel like he got out bad managed by cash, you know, taking Snell out in that game, like had Snell stayed in, who knows what would happen. Like, so I feel like Dave Roberts has made some poor choices, but he's also made some good choices. So I, I think just kind of the tandem of those three, and having them kind of all align well finally this year is what pushed it over the edge. I think that's a very good point because we don't often talk about how much has to go right for a team to win a championship. And no matter what, when a team wins, they have to get lucky somewhere along the way just to get there because there's so much variance game to game, especially in baseball with so many mm-hmm. long series 
so many different pitchers coming in, so many different guys getting plate appearances. There's just such a wide variance in the, the outcomes you can possibly get that there is a, an inherent luckiness to baseball and hockey that isn't in there, that isn't there in basketball and football because of just the sheer number of people involved in the outcome of the game. And that goes to the point of Roberts. Do you think when they brought Roberts in a couple of years ago, that was kind of, that was their saying, all right, this is the guy we want to have it with this group. Because when they let Mattingly go, those Dodgers teams weren't bad that Mattingly had. Mm -hmm. It's just that they didn't have the right mix. They didn't have the right manager. Do you think that Roberts makes that much of a difference as opposed to any other schmuck who could be managing a baseball game? I do. I think they they bought into his his mantra, his mindset, his system. Um, and I think that's important for any sport, any team. You, you got to, you know, have a manager where you really buy into to what they're trying to do. Not that they didn't, you know, with Mattingly, but, you know, those teams were different. They were they were, you know, in a slump. They were losing. They were, you know, whatever. They were still a good team, but they they couldn't get over that hump. So, you know, I don't think it was anything against Mattingly. I think it was just time for a change and doing it, you know, at the manager position, bringing in Dave Roberts, um, someone with fresh eyes to approach the team in a new way. Uh, I I think that did make a difference, you know, despite me not agreeing with some of his choices. I do think that you know, bringing him in is part of the reason, you know, this team is where it's at. Um, Because I feel like all the guys have really bought into what he's trying to do. Um, And he's not, you know, he's not a sit back and and watch kind of manager. You know, he's vocal. Um, He's involved. Like he, like in his speeches when they won the World Series, when they, you know, won NLCS, like whatever, he was ecstatic like he you would think he was a player that just got you know the final out like pitched the final out and and won for the team so you know he he bought into it himself so I I do think that bringing him in was was a good move and brought some life back into the team over the last few years we I just talked about how much luck it takes to get in there was there any point that you doubted Dave Roberts was the guy over the last few years or do you think it just took the right mix of everything aligning right that it takes to win oh no I th- I thought multiple times he was the wrong guy the amount of tweets I've get I've had saying fire Dave Roberts or Dave Roberts is a terrible manager oh yeah I I totally did not think he was the right guy for a while because some of the decisions he would make would be like what what are you doing taking taking I mean, at least in, in this year, uh, a good example with Kershaw, 13 strikeouts, you pull him, even though, you know, he's not playing again in that series. But when he's having like an, if he's not, his game's going all right, but it's not perfect and you leave him in and a couple of runs given up, like, you know, decisions like that, that are, you know, minute in the regular season, but come postseason time, those things are a big deal. So, you know, a lot of a lot of his decisions, I didn't, I didn't agree with and haven't agreed with, especially, you know, with, the game uh, that I don't even want to think about with Jansen and that whatever the hell that was that went down that game. Um, like I, I, There was many times that I doubted him. Um, do I still have some doubts? Kind of. But am I happy that, you know, he was the guy to do it? Yeah, because I think he has the winning, the winning potential and he went out there and proved it. Um, 
But I, you know, like I said, the whole decision to pull Snell that game too, probably, you know, that's, that was luck for the Dodgers. I mean, you know, yeah, it was a decision made by Kevin Cash, but that was luck for them. I'm sure when that happened, they were like, all right, let's go. Like, you know, that, that was a shift in momentum right there. So yeah, I definitely have doubted he was the guy I've had some very angry tweets about Dave Roberts throughout my days. <laughs> so you mentioned Kershaw and I have an entire thing here in my notes. Let's talk about the playoff Kershaw. Is it a myth? Is it an actual thing? Do you think it's a matter of circumstance? Just give me your general thoughts on the, if the whole playoff Kershaw storyline theme, whatever you want to refer to it as is a real thing. Or do you think it's just kind of been overblown over time based on the narrative that the Dodgers should have won a World Series before this year? Do you think it's really a thing? Or do you just think of uh, he left the game in a one-run, two-run lead, the bullpen messed it up, or they left him in too long too many times? Give me your general feelings on if that's actually a thing that's just a a storyline or not a real thing. Yeah, I obviously I'm a Dodgers fan, so this may be biased. Who knows? But I, I think it's way overblown. Um, yeah, if you look just at the numbers in the line, it's not as great as the regular season. But if you also look at scoring in that game, you know, Kershaw pitches six innings and the Dodgers score one run. I mean, you know, the run support wasn't there for so long. Like, how how can you put that on a pitcher if a pitcher pitches, you know? six innings gives up a run or two, you know, expected. You're not going to have a perfect six out, six inning outing every single time. You can't put that on the pitcher if you're, you know, if, if they don't give you run support. I mean, if the run support's not there, nobody's winning. And that oftentimes times has been put on Kershaw, in my opinion. Um, and I think that this year proved that because when he did pitch, like, yeah, he got one loss and I don't remember what game it was, but, you know, he – had run support this time um he pitched great games and you know just shut down opposing players and he was getting run support so they won this game so I I think that the the narrative was way overblown and now the stat came out too that he's the all-time postseason strikeout leader like Mm -hmm. I mean you're not gonna have that if you're if you're awful in the postseason, like that's just not going to happen. It's not like it's been a longevity thing where he's been playing so much that he had the opportunity to, but you know, that's, that's a significant stat. I mean, he had a one game in the, the, I think it was the Padres series or something, 13 strikeouts. I mean, you know, he, he's a, he's a great player, future hall of famer. I'm really glad he got his ring, but I do think that the narrative narrative is overblown. Um, and that's not to say he hasn't had his postseason struggles because he has, um, but he's not terrible in the postseason. There's no such thing as you know postseason Kershaw versus regular season Kershaw. Like it's just not a thing. I do think that we we tend to get carried away with trying to pin the blame on a single individual in team sports, and it's like we were ta- like you had mentioned before about. Kevin Cash and pulling Snell when he did team sport. They brought in a different pitcher and they only scored one run in the game. The easy thing to do is to put the blame on one person. It's not always realistic to put the blame on a single individual in a team sport and golf. 
sure, you want to blame a guy for messing up? That's fine. In racing, sure. But in team sports, there's, there's too many variables that are all moving in the course of a game to pin it solely on postseason Kershaw, solely on Dave Roberts' managerial decisions, solely on Kevin Cash's managerial decisions. I think we too often try and look for the easy answer as opposed to understanding that these are complicated events with a lot of different variables that cause a different outcome. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, I, I agree. I think it's such an easy thing to do. I mean, you see it in, in, across sports too. I mean, and I think oftentimes coaches, managers are easy scapegoats, pitchers, goalies, easy scapegoats, like, uh, you know, cause they're, it's easy, it's easy to blame it on them. It's easy to pin it on them. If they have one bad night, they give up one bad goal. They give up one home run. They, they pull a guy too early or too late. You know, they, they change the lines when they shouldn't have. Like, it's very easy to pin that on them because it's something tangible that you can see and, you know, see the difference that that made. But I feel like, you know, like you said, that there's so many variables and so many moving parts that it's like a machine, you know? And yeah, if you take out one part, it could mess up the machine, but it also may not like, you know, you can bounce back from that. So I agree. I think it's, it's very, very easy to pin the blame on one decision, one person, one pitch, you know, whatever, but it it goes deeper than that. And I think that's what it, what it comes down to with Kershaw is, you know, yes, his, he's not perfect in the postseason. He may be better in the regular season, but run support, you know, like it's just not there. The bullpen wasn't there. So you I think, have, go ahead. No, I was going to say, you don't have to tell a Met fan about run support and uh, the bullpen. You really don't. <laughs> I, I, no True. one has more empathy for that than a Met fan. Yeah, it's, it's nothing more frustrating for run support. It's just like, come on, guys. Like, you're, your guy's pitching a jab and you can't get one run. You can't even get on base. So that, yeah, like, it's just, that was, that was tough to see. So seeing him, you know, come out this postseason – throw gems have great games and have all of that run support and, and all of that was just that was that was good because I feel like that helps to shut down that narrative that people love to just take and run with it's one of those things that that Twitter and the talk shows feed into that let these narratives persist because I went through and looked through all of Kershaw's postseason games when I was preparing for this. He has something like 25 postseason starts. There's maybe five duds in 25 starts. There's five duds where he gives up five or six runs. But you expect that over the course of – in the course of a regular season, a guy makes 30 starts. Five to six of them, he just doesn't have it. It's a dud. In Kershaw's career, he's pitched long enough where he has almost a full regular season's worth of games in the postseason. That's just that's how baseball shakes out because there's just so many repetitions that over time you get where his long-term, his postseason results reflect long-term what his regular season results are. He's not a bad pitcher. He's had a few bad games, but five post-season, bad postseason starts at 26, that's not a that's not enough to pin a narrative on Kershaw's not clutch. He's not good in the postseason. We're talking about someone who's going to go down as one of the two or three best pitchers of his era. It's him. Mm-hmm. It's Verlander. It's Scherzer. Degrom the last five six years. 
it's those three pull late. But realistically, Kershaw's going to go down as one of the two or three best pitchers of the last 15 years. And pinning team results on a pitcher is just – we know too much about sports now to pin team results on a pitcher, on a goalie, on a kicker, on an individual. There's just We have too much information mm-hmm. now to blame just Kershaw on the Dodgers not winning a World Series before this year. Exactly. I think, I think it's absurd, absurd to do so. Um, Because like I said earlier, you know, in 2017, you know, the whole cheating thing that obviously played into it, but even ignoring that, like, you know, their I believe their average with runners in scoring position was so low, you know, they, like I said, swinging for the fences every time, you know, not, you know, giving up on plays before they even happen. Um, just, you know, stupid things, things that, you know, you learn it in little league that they just wouldn't or would do that would, you know, screw them over. They'd give up before they, before it even started. So, you know, and same thing with, with 2018 with the loss to the Red Sox, same thing with loss to the Cubs back in 2016, you know, it was just stupid things. And yeah, Kershaw did some stupid things too that played into that, but it's not just him, you know, it was the whole team the entire staffs, everybody collectively, you know, not doing what they needed to do. So I, I think it's absurd to kind of say, yeah, the Dodgers should have all these world series titles, but that's because not, it didn't happen because Kershaw sucks. Like it's just absurd. The way I'll put it is this, the last four years, they either went to the world series, won, lost, or lost to the team that won the world series. That's that's kind exactly. of the, the framing you have to put it within. They lost to the Cubs, who mm-hmm. won in 2016, which opened the bizarro timeline where Trump won the presidency four days later. And we've all been living yeah. in this weird universe ever since because the Cubs won the World <laughs> Series for the first time in 108 years. And then the following year, they went to the World Series and lost. They went to the World Series and lost. Last year, they lost to the Nationals, who went on to win the World Series. And this year, they finally won the World Series. It's hard to indict a single individual for the results in a team game, especially considering that along the way, they either lost to the team that won the World Series or lost in the World Series in a six or seven game series. It's one of those things where it's so easy to do this for the sake of narratives, to get the jokes off, to get the story written, to get the podcast episode. The framing of sports has been broken since Michael Jordan kind of spazzed everyone out and won the six titles in seven tries, (laughs) eight tries. And we all try and compare everyone within that lens. And it's so, that's just not a realistic standard to hold people up to. You win one World Series in your career, like Kershaw. You won the pitching triple crown more than once, I believe. You win a Cy Young and an MVP in the same season. I think we can firmly put to bed the narrative that Kershaw's not clutch or he's one of, if not the best pitcher of his era. I think we can firmly say this is one of the guys when I am 50 something years old, talking to my grandkids about baseball and we're flicking through things on God knows what YouTube will be by then, but I will point (laughs) at them like my grandparents pointed at Sandy Koufax. That was one of the guys. That was one of the guys where if he was pitching, his team was going to win a lot more often than not. Exactly. And that's exactly how I feel too. Um, I think, 
you know, it shouldn't have taken a ring to, to end the narrative, but I'm, I'm so glad that he got it to, to, you know, put that to rest because I mean, at least in my opinion, a world series is so hard to win. If you get one world series in your career, you, you had a good career because it's not an easy championship to win. The season is grueling. The postseason is grueling. It's just, it's difficult. And it's, it's not just, you know, like in hockey, you have goalies that play the whole game, guys that play the whole game. But in, in baseball, it's not like that. It's a lot of managing. You have switching out of pitchers. You have, that's why you have a bullpen. You have, you know, pinch hitters. You have DH. You have all these different things, all these moving parts. So I think, you know, getting that right groove down and, and finally being able to win a World Series is so difficult. So I think him just having won is more than enough to cement his legacy you know, I mean, it was already cemented for me way before this, but, you know, for everybody else, um, finally getting this thing his legacy fully and we'll look back on Kershaw and just, you know, marvel at how incredible of a pitcher he was and hopefully will continue to be moving forward. So during the course of the regular season, before we got to the playoffs, was the- was there any point in the regular season that sticks out as being the moment where it was like, this seems a little different than the team's other years. And don't just say, yeah, Mookie Betts did this or Mookie Betts did that. Because <laughs> adding someone like that. No, uh, I think there's, it's not one specific moment, but it's a trend that I noticed throughout the season. They stopped swinging for the fences at every pitch. They stopped having, you know, three, four pitch at bats. They stopped, you know, striking out with two outs with guys on base. It's just those little things that they started doing throughout the regular season just kind of began to pile up. And that goes back to what I said earlier about maturity. Um, You know, at least in the postseason, it wasn't so much in the regular season, but Muncie's at bats. He would go 13, 14 pitches and eventually work a walk. I think he had the most walks of anybody in, in this postseason. So things like that that they were able to refine throughout the regular season, I think is what I noticed to be different because they wouldn't do that before. That that wasn't what the Dodgers were. The Dodgers, they're still considered a power hitting team, but they were considered a power hitting team when it came to home runs, not necessarily to always getting on base. Um, but you know, like they'd it was so frustrating for me, regular season or postseason. You know, you, you got a couple guys on, you're in a good place to, to score some runs, and they just, you know, try to hit a ball out of the park and strike out or hit a fly ball and innings over. And that's that. Like, there goes that momentum. So and they did it so many times, too, with bases loaded, regular season and postseason. You know, it was just so frustrating to watch that. Um, so now this season, I, uh, that that was the big thing I noticed that trend uh, that they moved past that. I don't know if that came from frustration from losing, if that came from more you know a different managing style, maybe from bringing in new guys like Mookie Betts, like that big trade. I mean that trade was huge, you know, shaking that up. Um, I don't know where it came from, but that that was the biggest thing I noticed for sure. That that's what I think put them over the edge because you know, they hadn't been doing that. And in baseball, that's, that's huge. You're not going to win. You're not going to win a world series. If all you can do is hit home runs, it's just not going to happen. 
So I have written down here, is Kenley Jansen okay? Question mark. I know it's easy, <laughs> to pin, it's easy to pin the blame on the closer who comes into these clutch moments where it's a tie game, it's a one-run game. I'm not going to ask you to say whether Kenley Jansen is good or not, but how do you feel about Kenley Jansen as a pitcher going forward? I don't know. It's hard. I do not think personally he should be the closer anymore because the entire purpose of a closer is to have someone you can rely on to come into the close games and close it out. That used to be him. You know, he was the guy, you know, when, when Kenley Jansen was coming into a close game, like there was a good shot that they were winning that game. But now when Kenley Jansen comes into a game, I pour myself a drink. Like, you know, it's just, you don't know what's going to happen anymore. And that's, that defeats the entire purpose of having a reliable closer. Like that, that's what the job is, is to close the game. So I, you know, like you said, I'm not going to say if, if I think he's good or bad because I don't think it, you know, I don't think either direction. I just think that he's no longer the guy um, like he once was. I don't know what happened. I don't know what changed, but I don't think he should be the one that, that they turn to um in close games you know and he I mean he had a couple games in the postseason where he did close it out but then he had a game where whatever happened with that game where he just was not pitching well and then there was errors and then he didn't back up the catcher at home plate and you know what so like just stupid mistakes like you can't you can't say a guy's a reliable closer if you have him you know throw three outs like it's nothing in, in one game and then have what he did in that game back to back like you just can't you can't say he's a closer at that point um reliably at least I mean you can but you know I don't know if he was trying too hard or if if he because every time like the the two games where he did close out the game and and won and whatever like he he gave glances over to his dugout like I don't know what he's trying to prove like he we already know he's broken he's got records of his own like he was he was the guy for a while we all know it but I don't know what happened. I can't even begin to speculate what happened. It just, it was the downfall, like it's just a downward spiral. Um, And I think, you know, Urias proved his worth in in the final game of the World Series as a guy that could potentially come in in those situations. I mean, he just was lights out. He was insanely good. And now with Gratterall and Gonzalez and, you know, guys like that, like, you know, they, I don't think there's as much of a need for Jansen to be in those situations anymore. And I don't know if he's okay. You know, back to the original question. <laughs> okay. I, I appreciate you circling back. It makes it easier for me going through my notes here. So <laughs> how do you feel about the Dodgers going into next year? Obviously they've won a world series. You feel a level of content. You're not going to be a Yankee fan and assume that they're going to win the world series every single year, but going forward, how do you feel about them as a team? I feel good going forward, honestly. Um, you know, after the Dodgers had lost in, in the World Series in years prior, I was like, okay, well, this is going to be another season of this. This is going to suck, like whatever. But right now, I feel like they have the potential to to do it again. Like, I don't expect them, you know, like you said, to be the Yankees and have this dynasty of rings on rings on rings. Um, but I think that they have the talent to to go back and, and have another deep run. Um, I'm really interested to see what's going to happen with David Price. 
mm-hmm. you know, because I everyone forgets now that the Dodgers have David Price. But so I'm interested to see how he's going to fit into the rotation and how that's going to look. But honestly, with with Seager and Bellinger, you know, and, and Betts, like I just I don't know. Like I feel confident moving forward that the Dodgers are going to continue to be a good team for years to come. And and you know, looking back, looking into their depth, that that they have depth. They're you know, excluding Kershaw. They're a young team. Seeker's what like 24, 25. Bellinger, same thing. Like they're not an old team. Gratterall's like twenty two. He's my age. Like, you know, the team isn't. It's not an old team. Um, so I I feel confident moving forward and I'm excited for the next season which is something that I usually don't say about my sports teams but I'm excited to to see you know if they continue this because I think if they you know continue hitting smartly is that a word hitting smart um you know having amazing defense in in the outfield and in the infield hitting with runners in scoring position the the crazy two out two strike stat that they put up in the the postseason. Like if those things continue, like I feel really good about them. I think that, you know, do I think they'll win the world series next year? I have no idea, but do I think it's possible? Yeah, I do think it's possible. Um, So yeah, I feel confident. I'm excited to watch them continue to develop. Um, But it's also important for me to keep in mind too, that they do have guys that are going to be free agents with Justin Turner. Jack Peterson, Kike Hernandez, like, you know, key guys and at least in the postseason and Turner being kind of like the heart and soul of the team, you know, that that's also something to consider. So confident, um, excited, but I'm also interested to see what's going to happen with the free agents that they do have. Yeah, I, I as a Mets fan, I miss Justin Turner. The Mets just letting Justin Turner walk and not even non-tendering him upsets me because he would have been the third baseman for the last five and a half years because David Wright's back gave out on him in 2015 and they let Justin Turner walk in 2014. And yep. he easily would have been the starting third baseman for the last five years. And that would have been a really nice con to have in the lineup because Justin Turner is a very good baseball player who gets overshadowed because he's yeah. on a Dodgers team with two or three guys who could win an MVP, which is nice. It's got to be exactly. nice to have a team where you have two or three guys who can realistically true. contend for an MVP every single season between Mookie, between Challenger, Corey Seager. It's got to be nice. I, I I don't know what that's like. Yeah. I imagine it's very nice. I didn't know what it was like, but I can tell you it is very nice. I, I'm really enjoying it, honestly. I mean, I it's just been great. It's fun, really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, go, I'm not going to you with my visions of Met greatness for the next decade based on a guy's a hedge fund billionaire's money. But in theory, the Mets could have two MVP guys. <laughs> Two. I don't need three like the Dodgers. I'll just take two guys. Two guys. Two guys and DeGrom. That's all we need. The Dodgers did it with two guys with two guys and a Cy Young guy. The Mets need two MVP guys, and they already got the Cy Young guy. So, the last thing I wanted to talk to you about, because you said this was the first championship you've experienced from a team you support, just what's that feeling like? Because I haven't had that since I was nine years old when the Giants won the Super Bowl in 2007. And Mm -hmm. I don't think I will ever be able to 
comprehend that feeling. What's that like? Honestly, I'm still trying to figure out what it's like myself because I've been so used to losing. Like, I've seen my teams across sports go to, you know, championships or finals in their respective sports five or six times and seen them lose every single time. So that was all I knew. So this feeling is totally new. It just feels it's exciting. It's, it's, you know, elation, but it's also kind of relief. Um, you know, just feeling relieved that you're not going to have to experience another, another year of waiting for a win or another year of being like the butt end of jokes every time. Um, uh, it just, you know, it, it feels good to, to see, to, to support someone or a team for so long and to see everything that you've hoped for come to fruition. Um, I don't think there's words that can really do it justice. Um, you know, I, I think it's more so just a feeling. Um, I don't know. It's hard to describe because I'm still trying to process it myself because it, it still doesn't feel real. Um, maybe when my championship shirt comes in, it'll feel real. That was actually the first thing I did after they won the world series is I hopped on a MLB shop and uh, ordered a championship shirt. That's something I had been like so excited to do for years and finally getting to do that was so exciting. And, you know, I was on the phone with my dad. So getting to share that experience with my dad, because, you know, I mean, he was a Dodgers fan back in 88, but you know, he's seen titles before, but he knows that he knows I haven't. So, you know, getting to experience that with him. It's just, it, it feels incredible. Um, but it doesn't, you know, having one title is great, but that doesn't mean I'm satisfied. Like I want more now that I know what this feeling is like, I'm like, come on, come on, give me more. Um, and I think it'll feel different, you know, depending on the team. So like eventually when the Rangers win in my lifetime, that feeling is probably going to be this multiplied by 10 for me. Um, I can't even think about that without, you know, feeling emotional. So I think every time every sport is going to be a different reaction, but it just, it feels really good. But at the same time, it just feels like a relief. Like it just feels like finally, like I can rest. Like <laughs> that's the that's best the, way I think I can describe it in words. <laughs> that's one of those things where it's like, there are people who like sports and then there are people like us who like sports where uh -huh. it's what, there's the differentiation between the person who watches the Dodgers twice a week and the person like you, who's just like, will we get this over with, please. Can I go to bed now? Yeah, please. Yeah, please. I, I, mm -hmm. I make the, make it stop, please. That's yeah. the thing that's hard to explain to the people who don't watch sports is exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know any of these people. I love them all dearly and I hope they only do good things and I hope I'm wrong about them being bad and I hope things go mm -hmm. perfectly even though that's not how sports work. It's, 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 I'm at the end of this, I'm going to throw like 10 seconds so I don't get copyrighted from the one NBC commercial about the guys winning the Stanley Cup and all of them stammering because they don't know what to say because there is, there isn't anything to say. You put all yeah. of your emotion, all of your love and care and support into this team doing this. And when you finally get it, 
it's just there there's nothing you can possibly say to make it to express just how much you've put into that yeah it's a, it's a, it's a it's a commitment i mean yeah you know it's thing that uh, you're not on the team not playing whatever but you're putting your time your energy and a lot of people's cases your money like parts of yourself into that team and to see that pay off is just you know a feeling that you you can't describe there's no word in the english language or any language i can think of to describe that um I mean, because it, it's it's commitment, it's dedication, it's passion, it's love, it's all these different things. Um, and if you're not a huge sports fan like we are, you you just you don't understand it. And that's not to be, you know, condescending, insulting, arrogant, whatever. It's just, you know, you have to experience it to know what it's like. Um, and honestly, I, sometimes I wish I was a casual sports fan where I could tune into Dodgers games like once or twice a week and just have some fun and, you know, or go to a Dodgers game and have fun and not be, you know, on the edge of my seat the whole time. But I, I can't. I mean, I'm committed to this team. Like, the outcome to me matters, you know. Every, every inning, every pitch, all of it matters to me. Um, and it actually has worth. And the way the team is performing impacts my life, my, my mood, my feelings, like, so it, it goes deeper than just being like, Hey, I'm a fan of this team, but it's actual commitment, actual dedication. Um, and that's what I think differentiates the casual, you know, sports fans, which is fine. Ca being a casual sports fan is great. But then the people like us who are really deeply rooted and, and into it, like we're in the thick of it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm envious of the people in my life who are just like, yeah, I watch the Giants once a week. If they win, great. If they lose, great. I watch the Mets. And yeah, I watch exactly. One, one game a week. Yeah, it's okay. It's one of those things where yeah, it's why being a fan is the way it is for people like us who care as much as we do is because when a team finally does get to win, that feeling is on – it's just – it, that's what you're chasing. That's what you spend exactly. your meaningless. It, that's what you're spending the July afternoon Wednesday game against an out of division opponent. Three o'clock. Yeah, I should be doing work right now, but the Mets are playing the Cubs and Degrom's pitching, and they're only four games out of the wild card. I guess I should watch this instead of getting work done. It's exactly. It's what we're all chasing, and I congratulate yeah. you and the Dodgers on getting what they've been chasing all this long. And I hope they don't make you wait another 22 and a half ish years to win another one. <laughs> I sure hope not either. And thank you. I, uh, it definitely feels good. That's for sure. Uh, just so I'm so happy for Kershaw, man. I'm so happy for Kershaw. <laughs> as a sports fan, as a baseball nerd, as someone who has caped for Kershaw more than once, I wholeheartedly agree with you, and I am glad he finally got that World Series championship. And I'm glad that I was able to see the full timeline within his career of him sulking on the bench to him holding up the trophy, being happy that he finally yeah. got the one. Sports that, are awesome. That felt good, putting those pictures. Sports are awesome, and putting those pictures side by side, that, that felt good. That felt really good. <laughs> 
I'm very happy on this day of all days, I was able to record a happy and upbeat podcast. Hopefully people will be able to listen to this tomorrow when it is posted and there aren't other more important things going on to distract them from possibly wanting to listen Mm -hmm. to this podcast. Casey, thank (laughs) you very much for joining me. Thank you for being the only Dodger fan I know that has access to the internet. And I'm sure I will have you on again at some point to complain about the Rangers playing hockey very badly. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Um, I will be more than happy to complain about the Rangers. Uh, I'm thoroughly looking forward to that. It's one of my favorite pastimes. (laughs) All right, people. Uh, Yeah, like, comment, subscribe. This isn't YouTube, but yeah, like, comment, subscribe. Peace.